0: Give me a few minutes. We're recording, but we're not live yet. Go to Facebook. All right. And I will tell you, actually, Frank. I will tell you where it's going to be as soon as I see which one. Because last time Nehemiah had an issue with Nehemiah, so I had to take it to my personal. And I haven't seen what the issue was. And by some miracle. Look at the day it worked. So, so tell Kenji. It's on Nehemiah. Please share with my personal Facebook. Not live yet. Once again.
1: John, when are you launching your book? Oh, you started already uh, recording. Sorry, Patrice.
0: No, not yet. Not yet. I mean, I'm recording, but we're not live yet. One sec. Frank.
1: By the way, your picture on um, John is uh, stuck. Maybe you remove the video and put it back again. On my side? Yeah. It's frozen. Oh, it is, eh? Yeah. Is it okay now? Yes, yes, you're back.
2: Okay. We are live now?
0: Not yet. Oh, okay. Marverick,
1: right?
0: Maverick, for me, please.
2: M A V E.
0: Oh, M A. Al- no, okay. M A. Okay. R I C. Right.
2: M M A V E. L I C K. S. So Maverick's restaurant.
0: Impact of COVID nineteen in All All right, guys, we're going live. All right. Greetings, Facebook friends. Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm here with my good friends from Kenya. Uh, You have with us here, we have uh, Frank uh, Kitanga. Frank Kitanga is the Executive Director, uh, Country Director actually, for Nehemiah Project Kenya as well as uh, the E-Community yeah. e mm-hmm. Center, Nairobi. Ken, uh, Frank, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And then we have with us John Tiogo. John is a biblical entrepreneur alumni, and uh, also he's an entrepreneur with several businesses. But today, the main focus, the main business that we're going to be addressing, that we're address just all of them, is he's an owner of a restaurant called Maverick. And I've had a chance to eat at John's restaurant. He makes good food, good price, and simple. I don't know the price because Frank always pays for it. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, assume, I
1: will make you pay
0: next time. <laughs> <I'll assume laughs> the good price. John, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you very much, Patrice, it's great to be here.
0: Yes, well, they are, we're broadcasting, uh, they're live from Kenya, Nairobi in midst of the COVID-19. And as you can see, Frank is in the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Office in uh, Kenya. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, today we're gonna talk about the impact of COVID-19 in Kenya. That's our topic and thank you for coming and thank you for being with us here. I want to first then, to understand exactly who you are more in full Kenya. Frank, let's start with you. Um, you came into the Nehemiah Project really less than two years ago. In um, mm-hmm. less than three years and in a very rapid time, you become a rock star. You are right now our leading country director in terms of economics and impact when you measure those two things. At Nehemiah Bay, we measure both economics and impact. Frank is our leading country director right now in terms of economics and impact. Um, he, remember when he first came to the system, Frank said, you know, Patrice, us Kenyans, uh, we go slow, but we go far. And, uh, and, and he's proven that to be true. Uh, I'd say no one no one manages my schedule so efficiently like frank let me tell you how efficient frank is i came into kenya on my last trip and i was supposed to be in kenya for uh, uh about seven to eight days i ended up spending in kenya two days because of the coronavirus he had to get me out of here quickly before the border shut down within two days so when we found out that i had to leave the country I said, Frank, so was this worth it, productive? He said, Patrice, we got so much done. We got done in two days, enough that it made the trip worth it. <laughs> That's the kind of man he is. He's a taskmaster. So even though Frank, I wouldn't say by our definition of break even, he's not breaking even because he's not paying his full salary. You know, he's not yet replaced the compensation he had when he was in corporate. Uh, but but he's, he's a very strong producer right now. So Frank, John, help me out because you're moving your camera. We need your camera to be still. <laughs> so Frank, uh, first of all, tell us a bit about you. You came out of corporate uh, into the EMAP project, and it's a blend of both ministry and business. Your heart desire. I got to discover that last time I was with you. I mean, it's your sweet spot. But did you always know it? So tell us a bit about you, Frank. So you can kind of the backdrop of what brought you to the EMAP project.
1: Did I always know? I don't know if I always knew that, honestly. But I'm very... I have been... It's interesting, Patrice. Did you know that I have worked for about 20 years mm-hmm. in the corporate world for about four different companies? Um, in every organization I worked for, and I'm talking about blue chip international companies, I always started a fellowship. Imagine. Wow. I always started a fellowship, and I always... It's in a sense, I always say raising an altar in the marketplace. We always found a way to pray together with a few men and women and just learn to call on the Lord mm. and pray for the company. I have seen miracles happen. Mm-hmm. As in, I have seen a time when we were praying in a factory mm. and we were kneeling down and laying hands on machines because business was so bad. And that week, business already began to turn around. So wow. have I always known I'm going to do business and ministry together? I don't know, but I never saw the difference between the two, of course. I never saw wow. that, that two there were different things uh, yeah. in the way I looked at them. So enter Nehemiah. And then, of course, Nehemiah is like a shock on the system. When you go to biblical entrepreneurship, it's like you got... Because I I thought I knew this thing, and then guess what happened, Patrice? I my life was transformed. I I used to scream in every class like, "Oh my God, is this the word of God?" And I'm talking about ownership and stewardship. Talking about the difference between core values and 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 convictions. Mm-hmm. Talking about you know all these conversations we have so i began Mm -hmm. to fall in love with this and then i began to feel hey you know what i think god may have something Mm -hmm. so anyway long story short i show up in orlando with my lovely grace we compete and the conversations for bringing this home back home because it's already been here by some other great men um, who've been uh, my mm-hmm. predecessors say let's bring this thing back home, let's see what happens, and wow. it's been it's been a ride. Uh, God's finger has been on this thing, and we've seen such great progress. Um, and I'm trusting God for 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 mm-hmm. some amazing things ahead.
0: Frank, are you surprised by the results you've seen in such a short time? You
1: know, Patrice. Uh, I I am absolutely g- grateful for what God has done because this is the finger of God. But am I surprised? I I am, but I, because I've not reached where <laughs> I'm going, I am believing for more. Amen. And it's people like John who've made that difference.
0: Amen. It's
1: because John's influence, and he's going to talk about it, but John's influence in my community in one day, he can fill a class just by his influence. Honestly, he can fill a whole season. You know, the way you go series in a, a series one, two, three, four, yeah. the guy's influence is amazing. So what God has done is he's just kept connecting me with John and with people like John and his pastor, my dear friend, Pastor Zef, and many others who God has brought my way And they see that they have the heart of the kingdom. Mm. So that's why I keep saying, I give the credit to the Lord for what we've seen uh, because the heart of the kingdom is already in the people. And all we have to do is keep connecting and keep working at it. And we will see growth that we haven't seen before. Yeah.
0: Amen. John, so you are a key influencer in in your community in Kenya, Nairobi. I've been in your business. You have several businesses. Tell, tell a bit of, to our audience a bit about who you are, what enterprises you're involved with, and, uh, and what brought you to Biblical Entrepreneurship.
2: Oh, thank you very much, uh, Patrice. And uh, Frank, thank you so much also. Uh, I'm humbled to join these great men uh, in this podcast. I think uh, for the short time I've gotten to know Patrice and you, Frank, I think. Uh, Whatever you're doing uh, in Bibriko Entrepreneurship, Nehemiah Project is great. And uh, I have this feeling you have no idea how much the world needs this program, the world out here, the world of business community. So continue discovering that. And uh, I am sure uh, every day you set out, you go out, you will be uh, finding Mm -hmm. that... uh, this program is needed more and more.
0: Mm.
2: I'm, I'm one of those people who have heard about uh, biblical entrepreneurship in the last eight months. Mm. And already there's a lot of transformation to me as a believer and uh, uh, in my group of companies. And uh, I, I cannot believe all this has happened the last eight or so months. It's unbelievable. But anyway, Back to your question, uh, uh, my name is John Fiongo, I'm uh, an accountant, a CPA by training. Um, uh, and, and for many years, I was in the corporate world for about uh, 15 years, I was uh, employed. I have done about five years with uh, General Motors mm-hmm. and I've done more than, straight to more than 10 years
0: Oh, wow. We lost John on the connection. Well, Frank, let's, let's continue. So, you know, oh, there's John. There's John. John is yeah. back. John, continue. We lost you there for a minute.
2: Yes, you can hear me now?
0: Yes, we can.
2: Okay, good. So I was saying that my background is from the corporate world. I'm a CPA. Uh, I did five years in general motors and uh, over 10 years as a senior consultant, a senior manager at Price Hotel School PWC. And so most of my life, uh, I have been a business uh, consultant, helping other businesses and uh, uh, basically giving advisory services to businesses on how to uh, become better businesses. Uh, But I always had a desire to get into business myself as an entrepreneur. And and so, you know, uh, on my 40th birthday, I had always desired to I'll decide from whatever corporate positions I was to be in and, and, and getting into entrepreneurship full-time. And the short of it is that that's what happened. Then I was a very senior manager at uh, PWC, traveling all over the world, helping clients uh, uh, shape up their businesses. But I always knew I was called into entrepreneurship myself. So the long and short of it is that, that is my background and here we are now. Uh, so I started most of my uh, business uh, mm-hmm. practice before I resigned from full-time employment, and I was contributing some of my businesses. And then when I uh, onboarded fully, I was able now to join my wife, and, and we are now both of us in entrepreneurship. We land several companies. So we, we have a group of companies And uh, the companies are in areas of uh, hospitality. I'm sure that is uh, the the, the brand that you know, the Mafrix Restaurant uh, here in Nairobi. We are seeking to grow a chain of restaurants uh, that focus on fine dining um, and targeting, uh, especially the urban, uh, the the urban folks uh, for fine dining and good food. And uh, we also uh, in the telecommunication industry. We are one of the main distribution agents for the leading telecom in Kenya called Safaricom. We are also in real estate uh, where we, we sell properties, we buy and sell properties, uh, basically buying properties, uh, adding value to them, improving them, whether land or properties in terms of uh, buildings, and, and then getting them back to the market. We also have a company that deals with uh, fitness, uh, a gym and spa, basically speaking. Uh, And we are also in farming. I know Frank is a swan farmer. So we are also in farming and that is one of the businesses that is driving now in the midst of this crisis. And uh, finally, we are also in uh, consulting. We we have a a business consulting and advisory firm. Uh, today, my, most of my focus will be on the restaurant, but uh, uh, Patrice, we, we, we have diversified a bit. I know that we have been having that debate with Frank, uh, the pros and cons of learning one business, focusing in one business, or diversifying. Uh, that, that's a very interesting discussion for another day. But yeah, so I am an accountant, turned entrepreneur, and also turned into a community activist. And uh, basically, uh, yes, it has taken me out of uh, time to believe that I'm a community activist. And yes, I believe I am. And basically, what we do, what I do personally in the community, is uh, I champion community issues. Uh, In the community where I where I live in, I am the founder of the residents association where I live. Right now, I'm the patron. And basically, it has just been a journey of. uh, uh, identifying the needs of the community and becoming the voice uh, and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the rise of the government and other authorities uh, in terms of how to best solve the community needs that uh, arise every day. So wow. that's a long and short of it. it. Uh, thank you very much uh, for how, having me. How many
1: me people on. in the community, John?
2: Uh, in my immediate community now, we have uh, a community of eighty thousand residents. Wow! Uh, as per the last census. Yes.
0: Wow! And John, this is why I had invited Frank on this podcast to talk about the impact of COVID nineteen in Kenya, but he says, you know, you do you mind if I bring John, because giving your position in the community, your breadth of business exposure, he thought that you would bring a lot to the table. And really looking at the impact in Kenya. But we'll get to that. But, Frank, uh, John, let me ask you a question. So, two. First one is what do you say? Is it important for for executive like yourself who's had multinationals, so experience? You both represent individuals who had multinational management or executive experience. And you both have chosen to repurpose yourselves to start businesses, nonprofits. Uh, for your community, something that you yourself are owners of, and so forth. How important is that for the future of Africa in terms of people with multinational experience? Um, it's great. It's a great start. It's a great place to, to to get experience and even earn some money. You guys were high earners, but how important is it for people like yourself to be intentional about looking beyond that position and really? and really giving themselves just as important as expats people africans who are outside of the continent to look back to africa how important is that to the development of africa you both feel me we'll start with john and then frank i'd like to speak to that as well uh
2: do i go first
0: yeah go first john
2: yeah um i i think uh those of us who have had that advantage of uh first becoming professional career people and then coming into entrepreneurship. It's quite uh, an interesting arrangement. It comes with uh, its own challenges. And uh, one of the biggest challenges I've found is that for most people who are professionals and who have had uh, the good life of, of being in those suits and, and uh, dealing with the ideal world out there, uh, because I call it ideal, because when you work with the multinationals the, the you know in my consulting uh, background, we call them the big four. Uh, the thing is, a lot of time you are dealing with the the most ideal of firms or businesses and uh, for me, the biggest challenge that I've found here is that when you jump into entrepreneurship, one of the biggest things we lack is to be to be streetwise uh. Mm. I think we are not taught to be streetwise in the C-suite offices. Mm. Yeah? <laughs> so a lot of my peers who have jumped into business have found that to be a big challenge. And, and you have to retool yourself. You have to refocus yourself. You have to calibrate yourself uh, to be able to be relevant out here. And I think uh, that is one thing I've had to, uh, that's a journey I've had to to, to take. And uh, every day are becoming better uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being an elephant on the ground, uh, being an elephant to the SMEs out here, and uh, you know, g- growing with the patience, the, the patience of growing an SME from a startup. Uh, you know, as we read in uh, B class, class one, you know, growing from that startup all the way uh, to breaking even and to sustaining a business. So, so for us, for, for me, it's a very bold uh, thing. And I think uh, there are many reasons uh, that people like me have had to learn and to onboard.
0: Frank?
1: So again, um, speaking to the master there, he's, he's done it. So a lot of experience there. What I've found is mm-hmm. that experience really helps you to understand for example, numbers, concepts faster sometimes than somebody who will start and learn on the way. so if you can quickly learn to be streetwise, then you can you can change things around very quickly. The biggest problem is we have this grandiose thought when you come mm-hmm. to start a business, you want to start you start it in a big way now the kingdom of God and Jesus is is like that little, the living which uh, this person found and then, you know, and, 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 and Jesus says, is it's like the, a kingdom business needs a little, starting small as you can and then expanding it. But where do you get that knowledge? And that's why biblical entrepreneurship is one of those places you need to land so that you can, in a, in a sense, recalibrate your appetite. Mm. And otherwise, it's easy to come out with some good money out of many years of your effort and see, and many, many people have lost that money. I have lost it. As in, you come out with some good money and before you know it, there are a lot of sharks out here who have good ideas on how they'll take your money very quickly. So we need this rec- recalibration that happens during a course like biblical entrepreneurship, which will help you.
0: With that, John, you've, you, you've been I a successful entrepreneur, but yet yeah, you chose to take biblical entrepreneurship. Yeah. So why to take biblical entrepreneurship, though you're already a successful entrepreneur? And the second, how has it impacted you and, and, and you, are, you as an entrepreneur in your business? Uh,
2: listen, Patrice, uh, I have done, previously I had done all, uh, business studies that one can do. Uh, being a CPA. Uh, I've done um, uh, another grad degree in commerce and a master's in business administration. And you know, that would give you almost a feeling that uh, I had what it took to be uh, uh, a good entrepreneur. But as a Christian, I kept feeling that uh, there must be more to just what we we learn in business school, yes, there is the the business principles and practices that are are taught in all business schools, but as a passionate Christian uh, uh, who who is keen on doing things God's way, I kept feeling that there was a gap and, and, and there is a way I needed to get convictions around how I do business and convictions that are aligned to the word of God. And I think that's what I was not getting in business school. Because in business school, then you get all these principles, you know, packaged in, you know, uh, sometimes very lossy uh, presentations. But then when you come to the Word of God, you are trying, as a Christian, you are trying then to mirror what you learn in business school and asking yourself, how does it uh, interact with the Word of God? And for many years, I never actually heard about uh, uh, biblical entrepreneurship. Uh, until I met Frank. Uh, He was a client in my restaurant. And one day, we just started talking and uh, we we got interested in what both of us do. And that's how I got to run about it. And I think this was like what we call a laugh in a fast
0: sight. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, he didn't need to explain much more because I knew this is what I've been looking for. And I knew I have a lot of uh, friends and uh, buddies who were in my uh, situation, especially people from my Christian background. So I think I finally got what I needed and uh, I was very keen to understand what is in the, the B uh, curriculum. Uh, you can imagine I put fun to task and I really wanted to know how does the curriculum look like. Because I, I honestly didn't believe that there is a biblical entrepreneurship class that exists in my country. <laughs> and the, the gentleman was very kind and the next day he came he came with the books, uh, very detailed uh, uh, curriculum, I must say. Very well thought out. And I knew this is what I, I have been wanting all along. So I just jumped in, and the next was, how do we then do it? And uh, that's how we, we basically agreed, let's uh, pull together those in our networks and form a class. And there we were, the, the first class in my community.
0: Wow, and you actually hosted in your restaurant. You know, he, yes. he, John is, is an MBA, he has all the degrees, he's an executive, you know, multinational, a successful entrepreneur, Frank, that must have been intimidating for you to have somebody like him first scrutinize and then want to take the class. It's like trying to teach Michael Jordan how to play basketball. So, so, uh, so might- what
1: I do is I make him a co-teacher, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then it's easy. And, and 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 all our all his classmates, we all enjoy. It. By the way, Patrice, he always has a serious nugget to wow. leave in the class from this oh, wow. wealth of experience. But his humility, man. As in, I'm not sure if I was him, I'd listen to me. <laughs> so, but he. No, oh, no, Frank. And we go into the word of God together. Yeah. And, and that's the key. The key has been as long as you're going to the word to pick the principle, then you're speaking from a place of authority. Amen. And, and that's what the word of God does.
0: Wow. Well, guys, let's talk about the topic. We've got a number of folks who are watching right now. We've got uh, Samantha, Tabata, Kenji. By the way, guys, how are you? You can ask your questions if you like. So we've, you must be very popular, friend There's a number of folks who are watching us. And our topic today is dealing with... It's, it's, done. COVID- it's, done, but
1: it's-
0: Oh, it is Sorry. done. Oh, that's right. We got the main guy. We got... The- so we want to talk about the impact of COVID-19 in Kenya. Um, so first of all, guys, in general, how has this thing impact Kenya? By the way, we want to... Leave here today with giving some tools and 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 giving some insight to Kenyans and Africans in general as to how to navigate through this. First question: How's Kenya doing in COVID nineteen? A let's start with you. How things going in Kenya, given the COVID nineteen?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, I have to say that business is interrupted. Absolutely, there is a high level of interruption in business as we know it. I have to say though, I I was with my wife in um, and, and we had, we traveled a bit within Nairobi and we felt <laughs> there are places where I'm not sure anybody realizes this COVID, but um, generally speaking, a lot of companies within the city have shut down individual businesses, demand is fallen, supply, in some cases is out completely. And so there are businesses that have really shut down completely. The interesting thing is there's a side of and what we are calling essential services where people are really doing well. There's a side of business. Uh, I say logistics, for example, people who are doing deliveries, people who are offering um, IT. I think the people who are offering data Calling. Oh, there are businesses that are really doing well, yeah. and especially those which we can classify as essential services, because and, they have suddenly have uh, demand. Yeah, do you want to say something, Patrice? Yeah.
0: So, uh, so right now, uh, what's the legal? Is it so? What what has the government stated for Kenya? Are you guys on quarantine? Is it uh, mix? Is it? Uh, is country, what's, the, what's the legal position of Kenya right now from a government standpoint in terms of? Uh... Yeah,
1: so so we are in 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 quarantine. Bottom line, we're in quarantine, but we are not on a lockdown.
0: Okay, and how long so, is, is is right now?
1: How? we've been. I think we've been home for about three weeks. Okay, John, what do you think? About three weeks since we started, and then it's been shutting down more. It's been the regulations have been be tougher and tougher because the infections have been growing, going up. So I think we've done, the country has experienced 20, uh, 10 deaths so far with dead. about 225 infections so far. Okay. The testing the testing is very low. Um, we're, we're still doing testing. I think if we do up, up to like 1%, we should be at about 50,000. And we, I don't think we've hit uh fa- 50 uh 10, yet of testing so the testing is what is going on currently a lot
0: and the anticipation is that can you be on, mm-hmm. on, on quarantine until when like for instance in the us we're looking at may 1st when is uh
1: so i know that we are now working on a 21 day mm-hmm. uh like inter what we call for you it will be interstate, okay. where there are certain states that are you're not allowed to travel in or out, like Nairobi, okay. which is probably it's been like the place where the most uh, of the um, infections have been. So you're not allowed unless it's an essential service where you're bringing in food or taking it out, something like that. Okay. And now we are on a 21-day lockdown of the, this city plus another four cities. Um, I don't know what day we are on. I think we are on the maybe just a week we've just done a week of that now okay with another two weeks to go
0: okay um, so you, and uh, we are
1: expecting that we are, we are, may have a much more stricter a lockdown where you may not be able to leave your 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 township okay for lack of better english i don't think we will have what you call a total lockdown because unlike in the european space or the american space we have a lot of services we 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 get together like water where we share water or stuff like that. So, but it will just be tighter and tighter. But not necessarily that you can't leave your home. It's just that the borders will be closer and tighter.
0: I think. Okay, so. John, what is your take, John? As you share, speak speak from the business business community standpoint in terms of what you sense the impact has so far.
2: Yeah, uh, thank you, Patrice. Uh, from the business community point of view, um, I happen to, in addition to the B class where we meet with entrepreneurs, I also happen to be uh, a member of the Kenya, Kenya National Chamber of Commerce and Industry the, the Nairobi branch. And uh, we also have other forums where we meet with uh, business people. And, and I can say this. Uh, uh, with uh, certainty, that the businesses have started feeling the heat of this pandemic. Uh, indeed, many don't know how they will get back uh, to their feet. Um, and, and now we are just uh, one month proper into <clears throat> into the pandemic here in Kenya, and uh, <clears throat> the, the 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 impact can be felt in in, in different ways. And it's being felt in different ways. We are already seeing that uh, many businesses have already closed down, uh, especially those that feel that uh, they are not in the essential services or products uh, realm. There are those sellers that have partially closed, uh, meaning that they have, they have had to scale down operations. They have had to scale down uh, the number of uh, employees who are being engaged. And I think most of them are uh, at that point. Remember, there is already a curfew in place across Kenya. So from uh, 7 p.m. in the evening up to 5 a.m. in the morning, there is no movement. Uh, And I think that is countrywide. So already you can see all the business that was happening in the evenings. At night, it's not happening. Like for ourselves, uh, the restaurant uh, industry, uh, basically in the hospitality industry, most of the business happens in the evening because that is when people are out of their offices. That's when people want to take it easy, you know, to do uh, casual meetings and, and, and catch up. So we, we are significantly hit in the restaurant and basically in the tourism and uh, hospitality industry. But uh, the impact goes beyond that. And uh, what a lot of people are now having to deal with a lot of people in business is also the fear of the escalating fixed offer heads. Because you could be partially open, but there are fixed offer heads that you have to deal with. Mm. Right now there is uh, almost an, uh, a countrywide conversation on what happens to some of those costs, like uh, a lot of businesses, especially the s uh, on rent on rental premises, uh, meaning it's you, still a reality. Uh, You have workers who now you have to make a decision on whether to uh, request them to go home, maybe for a paid leave, in case you didn't have enough reserves. Or some people have done the more drastic thing of laying off, uh, which is quite drastic. Uh, And and I think that is uh, just dealing with the reality of the overhead costs that uh, businesses have uh, to stealing car, and I think that is something that is uh, a, a, a stuck that, that is a big issue for, especially out of SMEs, because um, the revenues have really diminished. In mis- many cases, they have completely. You are completely out of business, but you still have some costs. And I think uh, the, the classes on the the B class on uh, uh, how to manage cost has been uh, very helpful to a lot of business people who who are doing the big class around this time. Let's
0: talk about it. Go
2: ahead, ahead,
0: John. Go ahead, before
2: I finish. Maybe I just learned through and then we can talk about some of these. Uh, The other big challenge I see uh, coming with this COVID-19 is the whole issue of liquidity. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in business, we say customer is king, uh, but there's also something else I've learned that cash is king. So when, when there's no cash, basically, uh, cash has become fairly rare around this time. I think it, uh, there's a lot of cash crunch uh, around here uh, in the country right now. Cash is not moving. Uh, and, and a lot of businesses have found themselves in a liquidity crisis. Uh, I think we have to figure out how the businesses will resume even when, when we open up. The other issue is uh, the issue of uh, reduced customer spending. I think that comes along the issue of uh, liquidity pressure on both the clients and the businesses. Like for us in the restaurant, when when uh, the announced the directives were initially given by government, we just scaled down and we we were still continuing. But by and by, we discovered that uh, the customer spending has continually been decreasing, even when you're open. So that is one, one thing that uh, a lot of businesses are having to deal with. And I think by the end of April, going into May, unless something drastic happens, I think there will be serious uh, issues regarding customer spending, even for businesses that are, that are open. So, so the impact, uh, Patrice, is, is big. We are already feeling it. Uh, we are having to now deal with a situation uh, where you have to really use what you have sparingly and wisely, uh, and 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 become very innovative and creative in the way to do business around around this type. The the impact is both on the businesses and especially the SMEs, but it's also on the employees. Because there are a lot of uh people who depend on our on, on our businesses i I could give you an example with my own uh, restaurant uh I have uh, a staff uh, establishment of around forty employees, and uh right now we've had to close down so it means all the forty have had to go home which which really pains me but uh on the other side, you are unable to sustain it uh under the circumstances that we are in, mm-hmm. so the impact is both on the businesses, the entrepreneurs, and also the people uh, who depend on these businesses. And I must say, it's it's perhaps uh, the most serious situation we've had to go to go through uh, for as long as I can remember.
0: Wow, let's talk about government. Ooh, Obviously, yes. in the United States, the United States government made a bold move. With the two trillion dollar stimulus package, which is—I'm sorry, actually, yeah—which uh, is the highest stimulus package in U.S. history, um, with 355 billion dollars of that being earmarked for the small to medium-sized enterprise, the, the businesses less than 500 employees. Um, yeah. We ourselves have have applied for the stimulus package, and the Yes. As a conservative, you know, I'm, I'm one of the people who said, you know what, government ought not to be getting the business of, sub- of subsidizing the free market, right? The free market should function through economic engines. However, in this situation, where globally, at least in America, we face a mandatory government shutdown, which means government bears some responsibility, uh to how do we show the economy up so the u.s government has done its part and and they're talking about doing more now i will let you know if i get the check to let you know how, how you know how well it worked but yeah. i did talk to a client who said he really got approved so we've seen the u.s government doing things for people and doing things for families and for businesses that's what the kenya government is doing so as our friends are listening from kenya and even from africa and asking okay what is kenya doing is government is the Kenyan government doing anything to come alongside SMEs yes. and families in terms of, yes. in terms of and, and what are some of those things?
2: Uh, Patrice, the government in Kenya is trying. I think they have started well, they are on the right footing. I think perhaps this is the biggest crisis that you have to deal with, uh, of all the crises that we've had to go through in the last few years. I, I must give credit and say that uh, the government have been forced to take unprecedented measures to protect businesses and uh, its citizens. And uh, around two weeks ago, the president uh, uh, gave a press statement uh, that basically had uh, sort of a stimulus and uh, uh, safety net uh, program for people in business and uh, the citizenry in, in large, especially those that depend on the businesses like uh, the employees, as I said. And uh, some of the measures that the government have put in place of course, have lightly touched on uh, the fiscal policy, including the taxes uh, for businesses and for individuals, uh, basically to relieve uh, the pressure on the businesses and the employees, and also to increase the disposable incomes that would then become available to the SMEs, especially, and the uh, employees. Some of these include... Uh, uh, they have lowered the turn of tax for the for the SME businesses in Kenya. Uh, uh, one of the main taxes is what we call the turn of tax. So the government has made uh, a proposal to lower that from three percent to one percent. I think this is uh, unlike the US, where people are getting cash back, uh, sort of a package. I think here the government is not promising to give cash, but what they have done is to put up measures. Uh, which if used well by the entrepreneurs can then lead to cash in their hearts uh, and also in the hearts of employees. So one of them is the turnover tax reduced from 3% to 1%. Uh, This is basically a tax on the total turnover for, for, from the businesses. Uh, At the same time, government has also increased the cashment or the the bad, the tax bad for that turnover tax. Uh, from uh, 5 million, the upper threshold, to 50 million. 5 million Kenya shillings is uh, like $50,000 to $500,000, meaning more entrepreneurs uh, within that bracket are now able to take advantage of, of that uh, decreased uh, turn of attacks. For the bigger or medium-sized mm-hmm. businesses, uh, uh, what the government has done is to reduce... The corporate tax, as you know it, uh, from 30% to 25%. So, a uh, 5% of, I think uh, most uh, uh, limited companies uh, are, are in that bracket and are able to immediately benefit from that. For the employees, uh, and a lot of employees would not now take advantage of that, a government has increased the personal relief. Uh, from uh, around 16,000 to, to 28,000 Kenya shillings, almost double. So, so basically that is, uh, previous rate was $160, uh, so to speak, the tax relief, now it is $280, so to speak. So basically the effect of that is that you, you are then able to increase the disposable incomes of the low-income taxpayers who are usually the type of uh, employees that, that we have. And so just from those leftover measures, you can see that the government have already mm-hmm. made some quick steps, uh, preliminary uh, measures to make sure that the business community is cushioned. In addition to that, uh, through the central bank, uh, the central bank has reduced uh, the, the base rate, uh, I think by one percentage point. And, and what we are now expecting is that the commercial banks will follow and I think they have already started doing that to ensure that uh, the existing loans uh, to businesses and any new loans that will be given during this period are able to be given at a better percentage. Of course, it can't compare to what you have in the U.S. The percentages here are still a bit high. I think there are 13 uh, percent I think now they may be coming to around 12% uh, percent or thereabout. So, from the government point of view, they, they are trying. There's still much more that can be done. But I think we have, we have seen the first installment uh, of government measures uh, that are just starting to trickle down. I think any other step now would be for the entrepreneurs to come forward and, and uh, be able to analyze all these measures and see what they are able to go for, uh, and, uh, depending on the business you
0: are in. And which is a good point, we get to that. Frank, Frank, you going to say something?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say just one more thing that I really uh, liked to see is they've really moved quickly to increase liquidity in the economy by making sure whatever debts they have to the business world, they're paying out those debts and they even have some timeline. So what that does is they're increasing liquidity and allowing whoever is trading Uh, is able to, some money is is able to move during this time. There are certain uh, businesses that are not, uh, their certificates, I mean, that have not been signed on or registered. Those businesses that have like essential services, those ones are quickly being allowed to come in. So they're trying to do some things. The only problem I have is if you are not doing anything so, for example, your turnover tax has been reduced and you're not doing any sales. You have
0: no turnover.
1: There's there's nothing there to get, yes. isn't it? The VAT value added tax has been reduced from 16 to 14 percent. Oh, yes, yes. Buying anything, as in you're not trading, that doesn't really touch you. Mm. Yeah, the reduction of uh, corporate tax from 30 to 25 is excellent. But, if you make a loss, mm-hmm. that doesn't really change your life so so one of the things I can say to to us entrepreneurs is if you're not we've got for you to take advantage of any of these things, you've got to try and do some business
0: mm.
1: maybe you can take advantage of the of the but if you can't do anything, and that's another conversation we can have, yeah but. If, if you're going to take advantage of whatever is going on here, you kind of have to go out in the market and do something.
0: And we'll get to that. And, and that's the whole point, right? Government wants to push the entrepreneur back into business. So, so yeah. with that, so John and Frank, and then we're going to get to some, what entrepreneurs can do. Do you think the Kenyan model is one that other African countries should be emulating so far? John,
2: with- um, yes? We, we have, I I can I can come in. Uh, I, I think it's a uh, it's it's a good model. I think it's a, uh, that's why I call it the first installment of the of the measures because it's perhaps the stick that the government has uh, in terms of tweaking policy uh, fiscal policy uh, that in a way the, the creva entrepreneurs are able to come in and leverage of that and. Uh, Either increase the, 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 the liquidity that is available to them. But, but a lot of these measures require a very wise entrepreneur. And it just assumes that you're in business.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course.
2: Um, but I think, so from a fiscal policy point of view, I think these are good measures. They, they will definitely achieve the intended measures uh, or objectives. But I think government need to know to go beyond the fiscal
0: policy. One we'll get to that because I want you to advise your president. A minute, Frank, do you think it's a model what Kenya has started? Is it a model that other African countries should model?
1: So, I I I think there's some good things that have happened here to enable, and so I think this there's some great stuff here going on, um, and you can see like movement of food and cargo between countries. That's happening. So what we are doing here, if it is not replicated mm-hmm. by, by our neighbors, then it becomes mm-hmm. very difficult to keep business going okay. and to keep food circulating. So we do need to find a way. And I, I don't know, John, did you see that where we saw a president having a Zoom call with other presidents? Um, I, I saw a photo like that. Yes, there was. I, there I, was. Which means that these people... Uh, thank, uh, thank God that they are talking, yeah. and that's why some of these things you expect that these good practices are being shared within the African nations. So now, I, uh,
0: advise your president, advise your government. So what else, John and Frank, can they do or can other governments do within Africa to facilitate? What else can you expect? About, about one or two minutes. Uh, let's start with you, you, Frank. What else would you expect from government? What would, would you advise? If your president listening to the podcast right now, what would, Mr. President, here's what you can consider. What would you say?
1: So first of all, I have to say that I don't even know how he's going to pay for what he's done. So I'm very concerned already because when you move your VAT from, that's such a huge government, And So first of all, I have to say, heads off for some of the, suggestions are very bold, and we don't even know how those will be paid for. So first of all, you have to appreciate their willingness. There's a lot of things like uh, like he said, Chamber of Commerce, Kepsa are beginning to ask, can we get some things happening? For example, we call it the green channel and to get cargo cleared quickly to allow for certain mm-hmm. levels of trade to move on. So that's something that i say, whatever whatever is being asked for from a regulatory point of view that is going to assist movement of goods, faster, quicker clearing processes. They have taken out several things like IDF costs is out. So I will say, let's get whatever hurdles that are stopping the goods from moving as, as fast as possible to be removed, not just for essential services, but for businesses that can happen to allow that so that trade continues to happen without without uh, risking the other, the other people.
0: No time there for bureaucracy.
1: stimulus package where people can actually really, really help to get some money to the people to survive. I know there's a lot of money that is being put to provide food and shelter for those people who are starving and uh, need that. We, we really need something that helps survive Employees who have no jobs to survive
0: yeah, through yeah, this. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what, what is that that we can do to help that? And knowing that we don't have all that mm-hmm. money, but something needs to continuously happen to ensure life for these people goes on.
0: So minimize the democracy and find a way to get liquidity into the average person's hands so they can have something. John, what would you advise your government right now?
2: Okay, number one is... Uh... The social safety nets. Uh, I I think the government need to come in strongly about that. Uh, basically looking for measures that will put money in the pocket of the normal hustler, the, the, the village hustler, the urban hustler. Uh right now the the enterpri- the enterprises they depend on may may be on, on their needs. And and I think government has to come in and find ways of directly injecting uh, resources to the community directly. Businesses usually are that route. Uh, So when businesses are not able to trade uh, optimally, I think government has to come in and uh, find ways of improving the social safety uh, environment. Uh, Basically that, depending on the areas and the communities, that can be done in different ways. Right now, the government has started, I think, uh, an emergency fund, uh, which I think is commendable. Uh, But we will need quite some significant resources being mobilized into that emergency fund. Because in this part of Africa, uh, I think the biggest thing is food. And uh, usually people get that food put food on the table from the enterprises. Where that is not now happening, optimally, government will have to find a way of of, of, of uh, coming through uh, for the people who are usually the people who uh, depend on the businesses. So I think that emergency fund that has been started, at least in Kenya, I hope across Africa, something similar needs to happen in, in the, the other countries and and, uh, a lot of resources dedicated and channeled into that. Uh, But number two is uh, uh, links to what uh, Frank was saying. I think government need to protect the supply chain and and to work in collaboration with other countries, within countries, the inter-county or interstate, but within the region, uh, to work with the uh, other countries in the region to ensure that is free uh, movement of surprise uh, in the region and within the country. Because some businesses are basically crossing because your supply chain uh, is disrupted. You want, you want to be in business, but you can't get the surprise. So I think the international community, the regional uh, community, and the local community uh, led uh, in a coordinated way by the government needs to be put together so that uh, the supply chain continues that is the only way we can be able to continue
0: in business awesome let's talk to the entrepreneur and i we've been a bit it. i want to finish let's talk to the entrepreneur what advice would you give the kenyan, kenyan entrepreneur the afghan entrepreneur who's trying to make sure they survive the crisis frank what advice would you give him what tools can you give him as they consider how to solve this crisis?
1: Yeah, so one of the things I like is there's been a lot of good advice coming from very many good sources. And one of the things I'll say is you you need to go out and fish for good information. Even if uh, we may not give you everything here, so you need to go out and find what's a good advice. For example, how do you ensure you how are you dealing with this whole employee scenario? You have to let people some, some people go. You have to keep some people, send some people on, on leave. Whatever you have to do there, get the right advice so that you don't end up in the wrong side of the law and, and you end up accumulating further liabilities than you need to. Mm-hmm. The yeah. second thing I've been thinking is renegotiate, renegotiate, renegotiate negotiate, renegotiate with your bank. You have more power than you think. So use the power, go back and talk to this bank. This bank wants to maintain you as a business, as a client, as a customer, go renegotiate your position of where you have loans, renegotiate Mm -hmm. your position with your employees, renegotiate your position with, especially if you're, you're I mean, you have a landlord with the businesses where you are. Talk to the commercial owner, say, hey, you know that we're in this scenario. Can we renegotiate how I will pay my rent? Or can I get out of my rent completely over a certain time? Find a way to negotiate that position. Um, I don't think the government should come and say, people should not pay rent. But you go and renegotiate your positions. Renegotiate as much as you can wherever you can. And the second, and the last thing I'd like to say is the thing about entrepreneurship is we've got to smell where the dollar is. So smell where the opportunities are coming from and go for it. Try something different, try something new. As Patrice, you saw, we were planning to do a graduation um, in the midst of. Of, of when COVID was announced. And we are used to doing graduations live with pomp and with everything. We had to cancel that, but guess what? We still went ahead mm-hmm. and did our graduation online. Successful over 50 people online for three hours, not moving. We have to smell and take the opportunity for where we smell the shilling is. So that, those are my
0: views. I love it. Smell the shilling, renegotiate, make sure you get the right information so you can stand the right side of the law. John, what advice would you tell entrepreneurs? Um,
2: thank you, Patrice. Uh, number one, I would advise any entrepreneur to be awake through this wilderness experience. I, I see you remember B class, certificate class, I think number two or three, the lessons the, the from the life of Joseph and the wilderness experience. I see that uh, this is a wilderness experience for a lot of entrepreneurs, those who have not been tested before and their businesses. I think this is the perfect test so for a lot of us it's uh, going from a pit experience to through all the way uh, to confrontation that's right uh, and uh I think the seal for writing is to see the opportunities that come with this crisis and to take the lessons, because we should be left wiser, we should be left better uh, when all this is done, and, and therefore, for me, that's the first thing: that let us be a walk through uh, the whole of this experience. Whether you have closed your business or you are partially open or you are completely open, don't miss the opportunities, don't miss the lessons. But number two is. Uh, that as the owners of business, the entrepreneurs, this is a time to make key decisions in a timely manner and based on information. I think as an owner of the enterprise, uh, the role of uh, readership and oversight is ours. And I think this is where it calls us to be bold, Mm -hmm. to be brave. And uh, we cannot afford to sit in the fence. This is where bold decisions have to be made. Starting with decisions that touch on the resources on which we have control, meaning cost management, for example, uh, deciding uh, what to produce and what not to produce, whether to close, whether to close partially or whether to be open. Those are key business decisions. And uh, any day late, any week late, can mean a lot of uh, negative impact to your business, if it post the COVID uh, season. But uh, the, the other thing, lesson also, is uh, I think Frank has touched a, a bit on that. Take advantage of the flexible terms that are now available from lenders and many other uh, stakeholders. I, I think there's a lot of grace out here. And we must take advantage in, uh, of, of that grace that is available to us as business people. And be bold in making propositions. Uh, that can benefit uh, our businesses. And uh, before I say the final, the the other thing I think we must do is to strategize for a comeback. You shouldn't be lost in all these crises and forget to plan for a comeback. Because when it's offer, and it will be offer, the people who will succeed, the ones who are already strategizing on their comeback strategy, Yes, things are tough, but plan for a comeback because this uh, COVID has basically changed the operating software. And I think a lot of things will not come back to where they were. So it's like you've been used to uh, MS Word or Microsoft, and now the operating software has changed completely. So what is your comeback strategy under the new program or, or, or operating environment? And finally, master the art of stakeholder management. Mm. I think Mm -hmm. uh, success to a lot of businesses will depend on how you will be able to navigate through the various relationships that your business have with lenders, with employees, with communities, with your customers, and so on and so on, and with authorities, uh, including tax matters. So I I think uh, Mm -hmm. it's very important that we we, we must have the art of uh, dealing and managing all these stakeholders, continually engaging them, trying to seek consensus through difficult situations, uh, seeking to be stood, even as you understand their situation also. So I, I think uh, that's what I would say.
0: Great advice. Frank, let me go to you and we're going to put the wrap up here. Frank, so your center, you're doing a lot. To you. First of all, let's talk a bit. Are you, are you still open?
1: we are running there is no class which we are not doing we are actually planning our next um, uh, online graduation in the month of may um if we will not be back we will um, uh, do our another online graduation coming up soon so, wow
0: so you had a great great so how can people entrepreneurs reach your frame that they're saying hey i want to come to, I want to get help, Frank, to uh, apply a lot of things you shared here, manage the crisis and plan for the comeback, as John said. How, how did they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so um, email us. Uh, first of all, you can always find us on, on NimaiaProject.org. Uh, That's our website, international. And you can find my name somewhere in there. You'll find it. But my email is Frank at Nehemiahproject.org, and you can send me an email there or send me a text right now on 207 22 um, We are offering as much as we can on coaching and supporting as many people as we possibly can Our team is ready and we are ready to really help journey people through these times um, and we are praying together with as many people as God brings our way. So feel free and get ready to call us.
0: John, and I know I've, I've gone a little bit of your time. John, if some, an entrepreneur wants to get in touch with you, do you have a website, a place they can go visit? If folks, customers, they want to plan to come back to Marvick when you open, where do they go?
2: Yes, uh, the, our customers uh, can get in touch with us uh, through our website. Uh, the Mafrix Uh They could also get in touch with us through our normal Facebook uh, and, and uh, Instagram uh, handles, uh, Mafrix Restaurant. Awesome. Uh, they can also get in touch directly with me at uh, plus 254 725
0: Awesome. And for all fails, you can contact me in my office and we'll make sure we get you in contact with them. But guys, let me go to my final questions here as we prepare to wrap up. So the international community listening, we have some friends at, in, in the U.S. who are watching this podcast. And what could what we know that Africa will be the most hit next and, and Africa may not be as prepared as, let's say, the United States or other nations in the West. So what can you say to us in the United States or others around the world as to how can we help Africa now and later as we consider what you're going through now? Uh, so John, let me start with you I'm close to you, Frank. Uh, what, 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 what appeal can you make to us who are not in Africa as to um, how we can help Africa at this moment and beyond? Yes, John? All right, let me go to you, Frank. Frank, Frank do you hear the question?
1: I did. Uh, Patrice, me and John don't know how to. We're entrepreneurs. We, we solve the problem. <laughs> there, so we are not used to saying, oh, you can do this. And send. My biggest ask is for the African community out there,
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: US, in everywhere. Talk to your family. Send them help talk to them and send them help. And let us know how serious this thing is so that we can be very super disciplined as it is. There are some good examples. There are people who have been disciplined. I think we need that. Um, Second is, um, I I probably, maybe John will be better at answering this, but I cannot imagine it getting worse than it is, Patrice. Mm -hmm. Our prayer is we need we need um, we need pe- we need people to join us as we pray that this thing doesn't get into Africa at all, as in beyond where we see it now. Um, we are hopeful that the numbers we see now will not get to, for example, the New York or the Italy, Spain numbers. We are because if it was to hit, we we think. In terms of systems, we are not very prepared, but our help is in the name of the Lord, that he will watch over the borders of this, of this nation. Now, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who can always use great help in funding. If somebody has a great proposal, Chicken has already started putting money in Africa, uh, in Kenya. If, if, if there'll be a stimulus kingdom package we'll be very happy to utilize it very well. Uh, Here, we have kingdom entrepreneurs who are very astute and are faithful in taking care of whatever investments that will come. But I think the key here is pray with us.
0: Mm. John.
2: Yes, uh, Frank has put it very well. I would, um, at the expense of repeating the same, I think prayer, we need a lot of prayer both now when we are in the crisis and post-crisis, post-crisis. But for businesses especially, I think uh, two things come to mind. One, a lot of mentorship and coaching. I I can't imagine how Frank will be post-crisis this because you will not, I don't know whether you'll be able to handle the the number of coaching sessions that you'll have to have. So I I think We all will need it. We need people who can come to our aid in terms of sharing their results, in terms of how they are going about their businesses post crisis, the best practices uh, of handling their businesses post crisis. I think there are many things that our people, our business, uh, the entrepreneurs here will need to learn and uh, know the best practice on. Uh, And uh, I think the Nehemiah project network uh, could come through on that. I don't know how that can be done across borders, but I think it would be a great thing to, to have. Number two is uh, the kingdom package. I can imagine that our financial uh, institutions here will be overwhelmed. The number of requests uh, that will be hitting them for relief uh, funding will just be too much. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. unlike the U.S. and other developed uh, developed countries, there may not be a kitty from government for cash. So I think it will be everyone in their bank or their lenders. And sometimes the, the rates are, are quite high. So if something like that can, can be improved and uh, put in place, definitely uh, on a case-by-case, there will definitely be uh, businesses that can... Uh, be Helped with that, so I think those are two things that come to mind uh, the, the prayer, uh, coaching, and mentoring,
0: and uh, a kingdom uh, package relief package. Awesome, awesome, definitely, guys. I I, yeah, Frank, go
1: ahead. Is, um, uh, it's good. A lot of people who are listening today, uh, you know, that they'd like to hear your view. What do you think? we shall do, as in a lot of brothers and sisters here have been following BE. You're, you're one of those people that listen to, I like to call you the apostle in the marketplace. So you should leave us a word as well and say, <laughs> what, uh, what do you think?
0: Good point. And as we close, and I will, thank you for that, Frank, and I will. You guys have been so great. Thank you so much. Um, well, let me first say this. It is so awesome to see on Africa entrepreneurship and industry, Kenyan industry. I love the, the forward leading and the forward leaping, so it's inspiring and it's encouraging. So guys, if you need help in getting your business going, getting support, contact Frank, go to our website NehemiahProject.org and uh, you'll get the information there. and By the way, um, we're having a conference coming up in August, a digital conference called Nehemiah Week, where we'll have various folks from around the world gathered together online to learn from various people. And we make an it very forward right now. Go to our website, learn more about it. Next, we have Oz Hillman that'll be visiting us. Go to our website, learn. He'll be talking about how to navigate this crisis. We have a number of solutions on the our website that can help you at this time. Frank, let me say this. Um, I think I wanna ditto everything you both have said. And building on top of that, the only thing I would add is it's a time for community. There's no greater time that we as Christians, as people of God, as Africans, as entrepreneurs, as Kenyans, uh, as Americans, wherever you are, there's no greater time that we could, that we either collaborate like now. So I think the only thing I would add to that is create strategic relationship, play to your strengths and partner with others and leverage their strength so that we can move forward together. Because resources are gonna be limited. Uh, for a short while, markets is limited. But there is a boom coming, hear me. This is not the crisis. This is actually gonna usher us in a season of abundance. However, the crisis is coming. Because when the next crisis comes, which should be the crisis, the will of government will be there, but the means will not, including America. Because just you don't know how you're going to fund yours. I don't know how we're going to fund ours. And this is probably the last major stimulus that we'll see in our lifetime. And so which means we have to take full advantage, embrace the opportunity, position ourselves, take full advantage of it. So that on the other side, see this moment as the Pharaoh dream moment, where the dream that Joseph interpreted and said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh. What you, the nightmare you had was actually a dream. And here's what God revealed. The next seven years, there's going to be plenty. But after that, there'll be a season of lack. Prepare for that season. For Pharaoh, it was a nightmare. But for Joseph, it was a revelation of what God is about to do. COVID-19 is not a nightmare. It's God revealing to us what's coming down the pipe that we will prepare, mm-hmm. so that we can together make it. This is why the Nehemiah Project, we're building the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community. We're building the marketplace platform. We make sure there's funding in place, coaching, training, access to capital, all these things, so that together we can make it. Frank, you are a rock star. John, you are a role model to both of you. Kenya is blessed to have you guys both. So any last words, Frank, any last words before I close here?
1: Uh, fantastic. Thanks for your words. I, I, I agree with you that we're in an important season. And let's suffer this. And I really like what John said. Maybe that's my takeaway. Uh, plan for your comeback. Amen. Use Amen. this time to just plan for your comeback. And then come back big because things will be big. So I agree with those words.
0: John?
2: Yeah, I think uh, you've put it very well. I could only say that, uh, yeah, this COVID-19 situation, uh, just like uh, the situation of Joseph, is not designed to kill us, is not designed to take us out of business. We must not claim that uh, to ourselves. We must see that it is designed to perfect us, not to destroy us. Uh, and therefore, let's go through it, pick the lessons, pick the opportunities. Uh, uh, let's choose to refocus, including refocusing focusing on our uh, operational efficiencies for the businesses we learn. Let's realign and
0: let's recalibrate. Amen, amen. With that said, guys, we're here to help you. You don't have to go out alone. This is a community you can be a part of, the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community. Here's my closing words for you. My prayer is that you might be so faithful to what God has given you, that one day you can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful of a few things. He'll make you rule over much. God bless you. If you want us to come home and help you, go to our website and join our community so you can be part of Frank's community and John's community so that together we can transform the world. God bless you guys. Love you so much. I have to have you guys back. Thank you so much, Frank. Thanks so much, John. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Patrice.
0: You guys rock. Oh my God, the diamond, <laughs> let me do it. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you. <laughs> thank, thank, you. You. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Frank, you should do a business, uh, biblical business solution forum and have him and other people around to bless Kenya. You really should.
1: I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it. it was I great. did.
0: You guys were rich, full of wisdom. Love you, man. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.